your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! A four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We are brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to update you on the Colts' ongoing head coach search. We're going to go high and low, find out who all these cats are that the Colts' front office and brass have talked to, find out where they fit in the big scheme of things. We're also going to talk about the marquee playoff game this weekend between the Cowboys and 49ers, Mate. We're going to talk NFL playoffs with former NFL quarterback and Cowboys radio analyst Babe Laufenberg. I remember when he was a backup quarterback. Babe Laufenberg on the show with Mate coming up in a few. And finally, we're going to take an early look at the Colts' free agency list this offseason. Nobody's really talking about the list of free agents that are going to be coming up on this 53-man roster for the Colts. But Mate, we'll get to that. Let's start first with the head coach search. Okay, we've got, they have had pockets full of men in there, at least 10 now that have sat and interviewed for the job. Give me the latest on who's been in to talk with Chris Ballard in the front office. Yeah, you got it. So on Thursday, so yesterday, the Colts conducted an interview with Jeff Saturday. So he got his official sit down with the Colts after being the interim coach there, of course, for eight games. The Colts today held an interview with Packers special teams coordinator Rich Basaccia, so he's one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL, was the interim coach of the Raiders last year after John Gruden was let go, steadied that ship, helped uh, take the Raiders to the postseason last year. He's been in the NFL for 20 years as a special teams coordinator. Um, according to other reports, the Colts have requested interviews with Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. He was the head coach of the Falcons from 2015 to 2020. Um, I think that interview is happening soon. Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, and then also Bengals OC Brian Callahan. So that brings the total uh, to me, Jeffrey, by my count, up to 13 candidates, all of them coordinators in the NFL except for Jeff Saturday. Um, so you've got four OCs, six defensive coordinators, two special teams coordinators, um, and then you also have two candidates who have been head coaches before, Raheem Morris and then Dan Quinn, like we talked about. So the Colts continue to keep a pretty open mind about what they want, what they're looking for, and the guy that has the best vision for the franchise going forward. That is Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. At Maytay Colts, find him on Twitter. We got some interesting guys coming in here. When you throw around Wink Martindale's name in there, Dan Quinn, who's been a riot, uh, obviously with Atlanta and stuff. These guys are intriguing, Maytay. Who's making you think a little bit when you see the Colts bring in about a dozen new new faces? Yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn jumps off the page because of his head coaching background. You know, he's overseen the Cowboys defense the last couple of years, and, you know, they rank high in yards and points allowed. And also, too, they've led the NFL in takeaways uh, with their defense in each of the last two seasons. D'Amico Ryan's really intriguing because he was a great yeah. linebacker in the NFL for a decade. And then he has really worked his way up, climbed that ladder in the 49ers organization. Now he's the defensive coordinator there for the last couple of years, and they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, and he's interviewing a few other places as well. I think Houston and Denver, there, you know, there could be some competition for him if the Colts enjoy what he has to say. But I think if you look around the NFL today, Jeffrey, there's so many, I mean, currently right now, there's so many openings for offensive coordinators. So the question I have with that is, you know, considering the way the season ended on offense for the Colts, 
are they leaning more towards hiring an offensive-minded coach that can you know call the plays and oversee the offense like a Zach Taylor and then hire you know an exclusive quarterbacks coach who can develop you know a potential young quarterback if the Colts choose to go that route in the draft so time will tell to see how that sort of plays out uh, just talking, Matt, with you personally, what do you like, an offensive-minded, defensive-minded coach? Don't forget Ben Johnson, who was lighting up the scoreboard with the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. He came in early. He spoke with Chris Ballard and the crew, but he's already taken himself out of the race, saying he's staying in Detroit. What, what, what are some of these offensive guys that really intrigue you, Matt? Well, I think, you know, when you talk about, like, you know, the most important factors that the next coach has to have, I don't really know if it has to be an offensive guy or a defensive guy. I know whoever it is, whether you come okay. from a background on offense or defense, you need to bring in world-class, state-of-the-art coordinators, whether that's the head coach calling the plays like Frank Reich or Zach Taylor or whatever it is, obviously that this offense needs an upgrade. It needs a little bit of an overhaul considering the cliff that it fell off at the end of last year. So I think three big things, really. I mean, you got to be a good leader of men. You have to understand what the players are going through. You have to have a plan to fix that quote-unquote competitive confidence that, that Chris Ballard alluded to at the end of the season in his press conference. You know, the Colts, they couldn't find ways to close games out towards the end of the season. They were losing close games, but they were also being blown out a couple of times. So I think if you get the right coach with the right vision, that'll sort of uh, take care of itself. Secondly, as I said, you got to hire great coordinators that can keep the defense ascending but also fix the offensive passing game. There's a bunch of offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL right now, so the head coach is going to have to be able to recruit and put together a great staff. You've got to have some quarterback stability here going forward, and you got to have you know the, the coaching staff that has the tools to be able to help that guy grow, develop, and gain confidence. So, again, I'm fascinated to see if the Colts choose an offensive-minded coach with all these OC jobs open around the NFL. Do they need a state-of-the-art offensive head coach who can also develop a young quarterback I, again time will tell on that talk to him on twitter at Mate colts i'm at hey gorman who do you want to see be the next coach of your indianapolis colts we're going to find out in the next couple weeks for sure the list moves on and on jim ursay will be coming in talking into these candidates one-on-one -on -one. i know for a second time a third time for some of these candidates so more will be revealed in the next couple weeks Mate. when we come back we're going to break down these upcoming nfl playoffs this weekend we're going to do it with babe law former NFL quarterback way back in the day and currently the radio analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are one of three teams, Maytay, from the NFC East playing this weekend. And Babe's going to break down all the games with detail. Coming up on the other side, this is The Last Word, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the offseason home of the Colts, The Last Word, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Okay, welcome back to The Last Word here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. You're listening to some of the tunes of Chicago. They got too many horns for me, but Matt Taylor likes them. That's where I'll leave it at, Mate. <laughs> you in Chicago, you love your brass section. You love the horns. I do. I love I love guitar, I love rock, and I love the brass horn section. I think it's a perfect <laughs> blend, but I, I guess it's uh, different strokes for different folks there, Jeffrey. Time and, and place for Chicago. 
Absolutely. Got to be over 50 years old to enjoy this joke from Matt Taylor. Currently listening to Tower of Power on his AM dial. Listen, earlier in the week, Mate went one-on-one with former Indiana University and NFL quarterback Babe Laufenberg. He's also the radio analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. Babe breaks down the Cowboys 49ers matchup, the two other NFC East teams in, in the Giants and the Eagles squaring off, and who he likes coming up in the AFC this weekend. Here's Mate with Babe Laufenberg. All right, let's talk football. Let's talk playoffs. We've got three teams from the NFC East in action this weekend, including the Dallas Cowboys. So let's welcome in former Indiana University quarterback, former NFL quarterback, and the radio analyst for the Dallas Cowboys, Babe Laufenberg, to the show. Babe, thanks for the time tonight. How are you? I appreciate it. Doing great. and Looking forward to a heck of a weekend. Not just Cowboys 49ers, but I love all. Uh, to me, that's the best weekend coming up, the oh. divisional round. You get four games. I could not agree more. Absolutely. So let's go back. Monday night football. That was a a thorough thrashing of the Bucks uh, by the Cowboys. You've seen this team play all season, babe. How, how close to playing their best football are the Cowboys right now going into this divisional matchup against the 49ers on Sunday? Well, they certainly played well against Tampa. Uh, most of the country saw that. And uh, the, the amazing thing, Matt, was they had their worst game of the season the week before right. against Washington. So so it was like, okay, where, you, you looked at the Washington game and you said, man, where did that come from in a bad way? And then you looked at the Tampa game and you said, man, where did that come from in a good way? Because if you go back to it, Tampa and the Cowboys played in week one, their first game of the season, and Tampa beat them 19-3, to and the Cowboys never advanced the ball past the Tampa 30-yard line. Right. They never even got in the red zone. It's funny, Matt, you do the games, obviously, for the Colts, and we have a card when they get into the Sherwin-Williams red zone. You know, it's a That's right. We never read the card. We had to just mention them at the end, like, boy, I think I'll paint my house. And when I do, I think I'll use Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the end of the game, and the card had never been read. That's how that's how bad that one was. We we couldn't even read the red zone card. Right. No, that's it. They're, they're playing some good football, though, at least for one week. But – I want to I talk about, and I know you, you put something out there on, on social media, and I, I could not agree more, just the, the difference in, in game times and rest and things like that. I mean, the 49ers played on Saturday. Cowboys didn't play until Monday night. So San Francisco has two extra days of rest and a leg up on preparation for this game. I don't know. I mean, is that a big deal? I mean, as a former player, guy that's been around the game for so long, how big of a deal is that going into this obviously huge, important game in the playoffs on Sunday? I think it's a big deal. There's no question that San Francisco, from that standpoint, has a competitive advantage. And I think the playoffs should be geared to not giving a team a competitive advantage other than playing home field for the work that you did in the regular season. You have the better record. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the other team's going to have to go fly and play at your place. But Cowboys, I was on the charter coming back. You know, We got back to the airport here in Dallas, DFW Airport, at about 3 in the morning. So coaches have to then jump in and game plan matter of fact coaches were looking at the san francisco tape on the flight back right so you've had a long day those games are they take a lot out of you emotionally Mm -hmm. i mean for coaches and then boom as soon as you're on the plane you're you're trying to game plan and they're going to be tired all week trying to play catch up you get less you get one less practice you know yesterday uh, the cowboys just had a walkthrough ordinarily that would be a a full-on practice not necessarily contact right so there, there's no question to put it behind. And I just think the league, this is the second year they've done it, and uh, they, they just should not have Monday night games. I understand there's money. But at some point you got to say, okay, you know what? These are the playoffs, and we want to make it 
as fair as possible for all the teams involved. And it, I, and it's not because I do the Cowboys. It could have been the Indianapolis Colts right. playing Monday night. Yep. Cowboys also, so again, they traveled. People point out the Rams won the Super Bowl last year and they played in that Monday night game, but they played it at home. And that was a five o'clock game on the West Coast, right? So by you know nine o'clock, nine o'clock Monday night, they were in their office working. Uh, this team, you know, came halfway across the country, Tampa sure. to Dallas, and it just it really makes it hard. And and I just I think the league should say, you know what, we're going to make a couple million more dollars if we play a Monday, but we're hurting the competitive balance of the game. Right. That, that would be my argument. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, what's best for everybody? What's best for the players? What's best for the product? That's Babe Laufenberg, former NFL quarterback. He's also the color analyst on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. A few more sticking on the Cowboy 49er game. Uh, San Francisco, Babe, they come in riding 11-game winning streak. Um, this game also features two prime candidates for defensive players of the year. Nick Bosa for the 49ers, Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. How much will this game come down to whoever plays better out of those two guys on their respective defenses? Well, I, I think you know what you're going to get from those guys. And and defense can be pretty consistent, right? Sometimes offensively, you, you have different things going on, struggles, quarterback doesn't have his best day. Those guys, you know what they're getting from Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. Um they're both fantastic players. Looks like Nick Bosa will be your NFL defensive player of the year. He's got 18 and a half sacks. To me, the whole thing is for most of these games, most of these playoff games, if you just watch the quarterbacks and you say, hey, which team, which team's quarterback played better, typically you can find the winner, right? right? So, some hey, one of the left guards is going to be playing better than one of the other left guards. That <laughs> won't determine the game. The quarterback, The quarterbacks will. And, you know, it's funny because you do, you keep waiting for Brock Purdy, not in a defeatist attitude, but you keep waiting. Okay, right. at some point he's going to figure out he's a rookie and he's a seventh rounder, and I'm not supposed to be doing this. But when I looked at the tape of him, he, if you did not know he was a rookie seventh round pick that didn't start until, you know, week 10 mm -hmm. or 11, you you would not say that. You would not say, okay, yeah, that, that looks like a rookie to me. He, looked, he handles everything extremely well. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, as you said, seventh-round pick. I mean, this is a 49ers offense, babe, that's put up at least 37 points in four straight games. Again, as a guy that's been there and played in those shoes, why do you think he's thriving so far this early and coming from, from where he came from? Well, I, I think a number of things. But let's go to the coming from where he came from. You know, he was at Iowa State. He had 46 starts there. Davis Mills, who is in Houston, starting quarterback for the – Houston Texans, and we'll see what happens from here. But, uh, you know, he had like 11 starts at Stanford. He came out early, didn't have a whole lot of football under his belt. Um, I, I think what really has helped Brock Purdy is, again, he's had 46 starts. And at Iowa State, you know, not a traditional football powerhouse. You know, he had that team in contention. And uh, goes to show, too, you know, he the, this year was the first year he was not there, had not started in four years, and they went four and eight. So I think he knows – how to carry a team. Now, the other part of that is he doesn't have to carry this one. San Francisco has as good a skill position players as there is in the NFL. So, uh, they, I mean, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, right. Brandon Ayuk is playing great. They've got the best fullback in the game. Not a whole lot of teams use fullbacks, but Kyle Juszczyk, he does so much for him offensively. Uh, George Kittle might be the best tight end in the league because he's a blocker. You know, Travis Kelsey is basically a wide receiver. 
that they call a tight end. Sure. <laughs> but Kelsey gets in there, he does the dirty work, and then he can also be a downfield receiver. So that, that offense, they just throw so much at you. They're, they're hard to defend. Yeah, we're talking NFL playoffs with Babe Laufenberg, former NFL quarterback. He's also the color analyst on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And obviously the Cowboys, part of that NFC East, the first division since the 2002 realignment to get three teams in the divisional round of the playoffs and the first division since 1997 to accomplish that feat. And one of those three NFC East teams is guaranteed to advance to the conference title game. That's because the Eagles take on the Giants uh, this weekend as well, babe. Is, th- is this the best division you've ever called? I mean, you called six division games there for the Cowboys. Top to bottom, is this the best the NFC East has ever been? There, there was a time, you have to go way back to, to the 90s there, but there was a time when Washington was tough. and Bill Parcells had his Giants up there and Cowboys, and really maybe late 80s to mid, late 80s to early 90s, right. they just took turns winning Super Bowls. And, uh, and then obviously that shifted, and it was maybe the worst division in football in 2020. And here it comes back, and everybody seems to be on a roll again. Now, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're also a Giant fan this right. weekend because <laughs> if the Giants can beat Philly, right. and if the Cowboys win, the NFC Championship game gets played at AT&T Stadium back in Arlington. So it's the old thing, right? The enemy of my enemy is a friend of mine. Well, the, Gi- <laughs> the Giants are the Cowboys' friends this weekend. That's right. In order for that to happen, though, what what has to play out for the Giants to upset the Eagles? Well, they, you know, they played well last week against Minnesota, and I know Minnesota has its detractors, and <laughs> so it's going to be a tougher task for them in, in Philadelphia. But obviously there are a couple teams that know each other because they're in the same division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jones played – almost flawlessly last week against Minnesota, probably going to take that same kind of game. Uh, Philadelphia does not turn the ball over. They do take it away. They rush the passer. They do a lot of good things. I mean, there's a reason why Philadelphia will be favored, but I I do give the Giants a chance. Probably have to get Saquon going, Sure. control the clock a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. We're going to land in, well, of course, not San Francisco anymore, Santa Clara, and I'm going straight to the hotel room and get ready for that uh, that game that night oh yeah that's gonna be awesome that's babe Laufenberg. he's a former nfl quarterback you hear him on the dallas cowboys radio network as well one final thing with you and i I know you're probably not watching it as intently as the nfc but is there a team in the afc you like more than most this weekend to go to the uh, the conference championship game well i go back to the quarterback play and i think you got to go Mahomes there so I, i would take kansas city but I, I could see Cincinnati returning. I could see Buffalo going. Obviously, Kansas City. Kansas City would be my favorite, but mm-hmm. I, I think they're all so tightly matched there. And when you look at the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, most of them, <clears throat> and certainly in the playoffs, are in the AFC. You know, Rodgers isn't there. Don't know what you think of Brady anymore, but Brady isn't there. Right. So it's kind of opened things up for, for the first time in a long time. But you look at Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, those guys are right at the tip top of that list of, of best quarterback in the NFL. No question about it. A final thing, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, as we said, the pride of Indiana University, former Hoosier quarterback here, Babe Laufenberg, played in the NFL as well. Um, you were at IU in the early 80s, Babe, with Lee Corso. 
And uh, you told me some great stories when we met uh, back in, in November. I think it was early December, actually, when the uh, Colts and Cowboys met there in Dallas. But uh, if you can, can you share your favorite Lee Corso story with us before we let you go? Uh, well, let me just first say I love Coach Corso, now <laughs> like the rest of the country. And it's funny, Matt, because I will I will meet Coach about twice a year. Yeah. He'll be in Dallas. <clears throat> Either they come for the Texas OU game, if that's big enough. Uh, he always comes for the Doak Walker Award. They they present that award here, which is in Dallas. Uh, I saw him this year before the Big 12 championship game. College game day was here. He's a rock star. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, here this is my town. I was on TV here as a sports anchor for 17 years. You know, people know me. Right. And I'm out with Coach Corso, and they knock me down. They say, <laughs> Coach, Coach, can I get a picture? Yeah. And I, I always tell them, I say, Coach, you're, you're lucky I wasn't a better quarterback because if I was better – we would have won more games. You would not have got fired. You'd still be coaching. People would hate you just because we hate all the coaches, right? Right. And I said, now you work half the time, you make twice the money, and everyone loves you. <laughs> I said, you, you, you should be thanking me that I wasn't better. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, though. I mean, Lee Corso, Lee Corso to a lot of people is college football. I mean, he is college football. You wake up on on Saturday mornings to to see, you know, the antics, to hear what he has to say. Yeah. He's an institution, and yeah, you know him. You know him way better than most. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, and it's funny because just very briefly, uh, I, I do think he's had a great deal uh, to do with the popularity of college football. Now, college football was going to be fine without him, but I think he really has enhanced it. I think that whole college game day show, I think every all that took college football kind of to another level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. That's great stuff right there. Former Hoosier quarterback, Babe Loffenberg, former NFL quarterback and the radio color analyst with the Dallas Cowboys as the Cowboys and two other NFC East teams battled out this weekend in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Babe, thanks so much for the time and the insight, man. It's great talking to you. Have a great call this weekend, and hopefully we can uh, talk again soon. Okay, Matt, thank you very much. Say hello to my boy Sam Allinger out there for me. <laughs> I will indeed. Thanks, babe. Okay, thank you. Okay, good stuff, mate. Indiana guy's got Hoosier roots in him. His name is Babe <laughs> Loffenberg. You two hit it off. Who do you like coming out of the weekend? I think it's a great slate of games. I know, I know you like the championship weekend. I think this sure. might be even better because you got two. I also like Tampa Bay, by the way, to go through the NFC. I, I mean, I picked him. <laughs> that was my pick before these playoffs picked up. I said, he's got one more run in them. They're getting better on the offensive line. And I was right there with you. Yeah, no, not happening. No. But go ahead, Mate. Who do you like this weekend? And I and I saw your guy Clyde. Clyde uh, hung it up there yesterday. You know how these assistant coaches do. They were running them out. Todd Bowles may keep his job, I guess, but he's running out some of the assistants that were working for for Bruce Arians there. I don't know if it was a forced retirement. I personally think Clyde Christensen will coach again. I don't know what what level that'll be at, whether it be at the collegiate level or whether it be at the professional level again, but. Clyde's a young man, a young, almost 70 years old. But, uh, you know, some of these guys like Tom Moore are going in strong into their 80s, you know, just spreading football knowledge. So I don't think Clyde's done, but best of luck over the next couple of weeks, Coach. I know you're going to be teeing it up quite a bit. No doubt about it. So let me ask you, Jeffrey, which game in the AFC this weekend, which, which game most lends itself to an upset of the two between Jags and Chiefs? Uh, Bengals, Bills. I don't know if, if the Bengals beating the Bills, I guess since they're on the road, it would be an upset. And technically, you know, Buffalo is favored. But do you 
Do you see the Jaguars at all having any chance oh, at Arrowhead gosh, yes. knocking off the Chiefs? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, you know, let us not forget, we ended up as a terrible, and I mean terrible, football team in Indianapolis as far as, you know, we had some individual play that was stellar. You know, mm-hmm. Zaire Franklin comes out. I can go down the list, but overall, just terribly. And that's the same team that ended up beating those Kansas City Chiefs. I am not giving up. I never thought I'd say this being up at Westfield six, eight months ago watching this team in, right. in, in training camp. I'm not kidding you. I, I don't think that that uh, Jacksonville's going to stop and roll over w- with what they have, with what they have in Trevor Lawrence, and more importantly, what they have in Doug Peterson, who knows how to win big games, who knows how to win in the playoffs, who knows how to win Super Bowl. So I am giving all the chance in the world. Hey, Vegas, keep piling on points for, for the Jaguars. <laughs> they're going to turn it around, and I do like, and I hate, I hate to say it because they're in our division, but Mate, that is my sleeper coming out of the AFC or these guys. If that quarterback is hot, even more hotter than he already is, and they can still run the ball, the defense holds on, doesn't burst, this is a tough team. No, I mean, I, the, it's a nine-point spread I saw at last look. It might have gone down or slightly up, you know, in the last hour or so, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm actually going to disagree with you slightly and say there's okay. there's... Jacksonville's not a sleeper. I mean, Jacksonville's got to be the favorite to to win the AFC South yet again next year because of, as you said, all the continuity coming back, and they've got you know Trevor Lawrence still on a rookie contract, you know, playing quarterback next year, so they've got money and and uh, you know some some wiggle room there. I mean, when you have the franchise guy still on that rookie deal, man, it affords you some flexibility. And I think they already have a great roster, and they did very well for themselves in free agency last year. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised at all to see Jacksonville come in and, and give that a game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs and and maybe pull off the upset. But I think the Bengals, too, they can absolutely go to Buffalo and win. And I'm not saying they will, but how do you not have confidence in Joe Burrow to make plays in crunch time? I know you can say the same thing about Josh Allen and the Bills, which makes this game so good and so compelling, but – I mean, Cincinnati's won eight in a row, and they've got impressive wins in that stretch over Kansas City and the Ravens. So, you know, I, I think that's the best game of the weekend, and I think it lends itself to a minor upset for Cincinnati, to be honest with you. Great ball awaits. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. He has predicted Cincinnati goes into Buffalo and springs the upset. He is uh, available at Mate Colts if you agree with them or disagree with them. Mate, pretty pretty strong words out of you and Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, last year nobody gave him a chance to go into to Arrowhead and knock off the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And exactly. It, I mean, I just don't see a lot of chinks in that armor, to be honest with you. Offense, defense, and they have one of the best kickers in the game as well. So if, I think if it comes down to a, a two-minute situation, you know, McPherson has proven he can drill clutch kicks from over 50, which you got to have. Can't wait. Great ball awaits. This is two straight days of – Awesome, awesome football. And then next week, same thing. We get one day of great football. And then two weeks after that, the big game. So that is the run to the Super Bowl. We're going to keep you caught up with the latest and greatest across the NFL. And obviously with the head coaching search of the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Ursay. We are the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. This week, we break down the Colts coaching search 
Church. Again, we discussed some eye-popping numbers, both good and bad, from the Colts 2022 season. Check all that out right now on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app and Colts Audio Network. Anywhere you download your podcast, we're going to get you ready for a big weekend after a quick timeout. We're going to discuss the likelihood of the Colts playing an international game in 2023. Where are we going, Mate? Munich, Germany, Paris, France. We're going to take a look at the Colts free agent class as get well. Get your passport out, this Jeffrey. Off. Get your passport That's right. out. That's right. We'll have them stamped. We're coming back with more here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back to The Last Word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. You find him on Twitter at Maytay Colts. My name is Goreman. And Maytay, we're listening to Billy Gibbons make some noise there. One half of ZZ Top. And I bring that up. And great call by you. Uh, I'm playing some ZZ Top. Jim Mercey, the Colts owner, he's having another collection show, the Jim Mercey Collection event. This one is in Vegas, March the 4th. March the 3rd, there's going to be a big rehearsal. But March the 4th is his gig. It's at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. And one of the highlights that night, that's right, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top (laughs) will be in there. Yes, sir. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I got to tell you, and I've told you, uh, this, you know, both on and off the air. I mean, back in early September, the Jim Irsay collection and Jim Irsay, yeah. you know, concert at Lucas Oil Stadium to kick off the 2022 season. That was one of the most enjoyable, fun, and again, free. just it was free. I mean, you know, I was there with my wife. We had such a great time. The band was so good. It's, it's such a unique experience it's, it's such a unique event because of the collection and the concert I mean I've never been to anything quite like it so to take that thing out to Vegas man I mean if you're if you're thinking about you know a long weekend or taking a trip and a vacation why not do that because that's free and plus you're in Vegas and you can enjoy everything else that's going on out there so you know maybe you kind of parlay that up with some college basketball you know sit in the sports book and you know, watch some hoop and then go to the concert later on that night, man. That's a, that's a perfect blend of everything going on out in Vegas. March the 4th. It's at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. Capacity about 8,800. All tickets are free, but you do have to register. You can find out more information at the JimMerseyCollection.com. Also at Colts.com. They will steer you in the right direction. But Mate, Ann Wilson from Hart's going to be there. He's had Buddy Guy there, the great blues legend, he, but he yeah. won't be there this time. We do have have uh, Billy Gibbons there, as I said before. Steven Stills is going to be in. Ann Wilson from Hart. And uh, a newcomer coming into the mix. And we're not quite there yet, but hopefully between negotiations in the next couple of days, Uh-oh. Cheryl Crow oh. is going to bring... Cheryl Crow's going to bring her bag of hits out there and maybe perform four or five songs on that night as well because uh, the owner, Jim Irsay, is a friend and a long-distance friend of Cheryl Crow, and uh, he's calling in a favor saying, hey, come on out, let's play some hits here for the fans for free in Vegas. How about that? What a, what a deal, man. Can you imagine just texting Cheryl Crow being like, hey, you want to play? I mean, what, right. a, what, a, what a life, man. That is incredibly cool. That is awesome. That's how it rolls, man. Next up, Joe Walsh sometime down the road. Remember I said that? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. When we get, and, and reason oh. I said that oh. is when we get Joe Walsh on this oh, no. tour with Ursay, oh. you are coming. You are definitely going. 
Jeffrey, I, I don't have many favors to cash in. That's right. I got to meet Joe Walsh. I have to <laughs> shake his hand before. It's coming, bro. It's coming. I'm telling you. I have to meet Joe Walsh. He's the coolest guy in the face of the earth. Down the down the road, 2023, I give you my word. We'll bring you out there. You can meet Joe Walsh face-to-face. Again, thejimmersaycollection.com. Find out more information on Colts.com. It's going to be one hell of a weekend, March 3rd and 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And oh, you, you just can got, be you, there. You just made my entire weekend right yes, there. Sir. Now I am excited. Excited. Let's it's go, coming. You man. feel hey, if you feel lucky. We're talking Vegas, right? You feel lucky. <laughs> well, here's a here's a forum credit union question of the week. Dak Prescott. He threw for 305 yards with four TDs, one rushing TD as well in the Cowboys victory over the Bucks on Monday night. He became the fourth quarterback in NFL history, postseason history may take, to put up those numbers. Listen, again, he threw for 305 yards and four passing TDs with one rushing TD. So over 300. Four TDs through the air, one TD with his legs. That's only been done four times total. Who are the other three quarterbacks to do it? And they are, oh keep God. in mind, all of them are speed merchants. The 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 one rushing touchdown really has me thrown no for kidding. a loop. Oh, so it's I'm joking, be... Matt, by the way. I'm joking on speed merchants because these are all pocket quarterbacks right here. Oh, but they, they also found the time to rush in a touchdown. Yeah, that's oh, a see, hit. I was these thinking are... like Michael Vick or something. No, 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 no. These are all pocket quarterbacks that hold this record, including Dak Prescott. I'll throw him in there. Uh, you know, he gets comfortable in the cup there. Yeah, he can. Um, uh, well, I'm just going to go with longevity then, you know, just, uh, you know, sure. paint with the broad stroke here. Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady is not, believe it or not, not on that list. Believe it or not, not. Uh, Four TDs, one rushing TD over 300 yards. Okay. Drew Brees, he had some mobility to him. He did, but it's not him. I'm going to let you hang up. we got to get off the air here pretty soon. You're going to be here till midnight, <laughs> Maytay. God like the one, the, Matt one, Ryan. the one time I don't know it. Matt Ryan, Colts, current Colts quarterback on the roster. Matt Ryan. Really? He had three, 392 yards with four TDs and a rushing TD in 2017. Aaron Rodgers in 2010. In 2010, he had four TDs, 423 yards and a TD. And watch wow. this. The speed merchant himself, Peyton Manning, 2005. He had 458 wow. yards through the air with four TDs, as well as a rushing touchdown. That is the four. Do we know? Do we know who that was against? 2005. I'm racking my brain. I'm thinking like maybe against Kansas City. Remember, he had that huge game on the road against the Chiefs. Well, 2005. What is that? Thanksgiving, perhaps? No, he had six <laughs> TDs there. That was four TDs. Yeah, we well, got to look that It was up. in the playoffs. It was in the playoffs. Wow. Right? That was a wild card game against Denver, 2005. Denver! That was his first win then, right? Yeah, 458 yards. And then against Kansas City, also that same season, but yeah. uh, not in the playoffs, but that same season, threw for 472 against the Chiefs. So that's kind of what I was thinking of. I knew they played the Chiefs in 05, and he had a monster game, but I couldn't remember if it was a playoff game or not. All right, last word is brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Don't forget Meyer, the official super center of your Indianapolis Colts, proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. All right, the Colts, are they going international or what, Mate? The NFL announced this week that the Bills, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, the Patriots will each play international games this coming season. 
The Chiefs, the Patriots, they're going to play in Germany. The Bills, the Titans, and Jaguars, those are London games. The Bills and Titans are designated home teams for two games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, while the Jaguars will host a game at Wembley as part of their multi-year commitment to playing in the UK. There will be no international game in Mexico in 2023 due to renovation taking places at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. The big stadium there is under repair, so the Colts are set to play the Jags, the Titans, and the Patriots next season, don't forget. What are the odds the Colts play abroad over the seas next year? Maytay, what say you? <laughs> well, to, to steal a line from Owen Wilson's character and uh, meet the parents, I'm going to say strong to quite strong, right? Really? Because three. Well, I mean, you just look at the odds. I mean, three of the five teams playing internationally next season are on the Colts' schedule, and two of them are division teams, and the Colts haven't played an international game since 2016. So in terms of the rotation, they might be due. I mean, all those matchups between the Jags, Titans, and Patriots, they're interesting and intriguing in their own way. How about a Colts-Patriots rivalry game in Germany? I mean, that's kind of cool, man. I see... I think, I think there's a pretty good shot the Colts, uh, you know, mathematically play overseas next year. But we'll have to wait. Hey, to I'm see. watching. I'm watching. And, and more importantly, the Colts aren't going to lose a home game going there, over there like the Jags and the Titans are because, like I said, they're playing two games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, uh, you know, a couple of their home games will be missing from Tennessee and Jacksonville, respectively. Right. I'm glad right. if it is us, we're on the road and we are not missing playoff games as far as our, or excuse me, home games rather in the season. So more will be revealed that, uh, you know, we got a while to wait when the draft comes up, when the schedule release comes up. Uh, but we're going to keep you updated on this thing. Maytag, I got to talk some free agent preview before we jump off here. The Colts, like every other team in the NFL, Maytag, intriguing. The list of in-house free agents this offseason, they have 16 unrestricted free agents who have expiring contracts and free agency set to begin March 15th at 4 p.m. Mate, who are the, the top unrestricted free agents this offseason for you? Yeah, well, you got 10 on defense, you got four on offense, two on special teams. Uh, the, the main or the big ones, if you will, let me rephrase that the big ones on defense uh, in Gakwe, uh, Taekwon Lewis, Rodney McLeod, who was a starter. You got Bobby O'Karake, who's been a starter. EJ Speed, been a, a, a great role player, if you will, on defense and special teams. Four on offense, including Paris Campbell, and then the two special teamers on, uh, you know, from your specialist standpoint, you know, the punter, Matt Hawk, and Chase yeah. McLaughlin, the kicker, who had just a fantastic season and broke a Colts record with uh, made, nine made field goals over 50 yards this season. Maytay, let's talk about Okereke, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, top in the league. I mean, in the in the top echelon of tacklers in this league, which is a tough, violent league, Bobby Okereke, he has played his way into a big contract, whether that's with the Colts or another team, Maytay. But we saw Zaire Franklin, what he did filling in for an injured Shaq Leonard. Shaq exactly. Leonard's coming back. Shaq Leonard signed for big money. What do you think the prospects are of the Colts re-signing Bobby Okereke? Yeah, you hit it. I mean, how, how the Colts view Shaq Leonard's health plus the money already invested at linebacker will impact Okereke's future and his prospects of coming back to the Colts. I mean, he's a proven starter in the NFL, Okereke that is, but you know, Zaire Franklin proved last year that he is too, right? So if Leonard is back healthy, you want him on the field because he's Shaq Leonard, right? He's a proven playmaker that can change the game. He can take the football away. And 
in football, the ball is everything. And and Franklin is back next season. He's under contract. And based on what he did last year, Jeffrey, how do you how do you keep him off the field? I mean, he set a yeah, franchise you know. record for tackles. He's just a playmaker <laughs> as well. So that that situation really makes it kind of murky um, at the free agent linebacker position when you factor in Bobby Okereke and EJ Speed. You'd love to have all of these guys back, but there's only so much you can spend at linebacker, and there's only so many times, quite frankly, you can play with three linebackers on the field as the NFL continues to evolve and grow into a a sub-package league when you play nickel and dime. Mete, other side of the ball, Paris Campbell wearing the number one jersey. A full slate of games this year, the first time in his professional career. We've talked about it a lot. That kid has rare speed, rare separation speed. We saw glimpses of it. Did he do enough this year showing up for all the games to get a contract from the Colts? Yeah, I think that he did. I really do. I think that he did. And I think he would have had a a better season production-wise and stat-wise if he had better quarterback stability around him. I mean, he talked at the end of the season about how frustrating and how hard it was for him to change his role and the game plan for him every week with a new quarterback. But most importantly, he proved this year he's not that injury-prone guy. He's not you know, made a glass. He's not the stigma everyone painted him out to be in terms of injuries. He can play in this league. And I think that he had a really good year. I, I think he could have had a better year with more stability around him on offense. And I think he's definitely worth a a very hard look at in free agency. He had some big games and some big plays this year. And quite frankly, I think he's just getting started. I think he's just getting started in some senses considering how his career began with all the injuries and playing a full 17 games for the first time in his career this past season. Mate, I was just thinking about something. I don't know how my brain works sometimes. And by the way, I agree totally on Paris Campbell. Would love seeing him wear the number one jersey next year, continue to develop and continue to be an asset for the Colts offense. But wouldn't it be fun if all you play-by-play guys across the NFL were all on one-year deals and you didn't know where you were going next year? <laughs> you knew you had a gig. You just didn't know. It's like, oh, yeah. Mate, how was your year? It was like, ah, oh, we had a down year. But I was pretty good. I had some good calls and stuff Denver <laughs> called me Oakland called me earlier uh to go out there they like my they like my touchdown call so Kansas City is also sniffing around they like my excitement <laughs> what if it was Maytay what if you were on one-year deals you didn't know where you were calling games next year now I'm the voice yes. of the Arizona Cardinals or and then the, 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 the year after that I'm uh, I'm up in Detroit you know and then I'm going down to Miami it's like all right well where, wherever the game takes me just give me a mic and let's go grip it and rip it man oh, touchdowns man, are touchdowns be- I'm sorry, man. You never know with this NFL. These, we're going to have shows about where you guys end up pretty soon. You know what I mean? Everybody wants so much of the NFL. It's like off-season, uh-huh, I'm here for including it, play-by-play guys. All right, so check Matt Taylor next year. He may be in Green Bay. He may be in Tampa. Who knows? Oh, that's great. Matey, have a great weekend, folks. Thanks for listening. This is the last word brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Radio. We do it week in and week out. And, of course, all the latest information, especially on this Colts head coaching search, Colts.com. You're going to find out the latest information, and we're going to bring it to you. For Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, my name is Gorman. Coming up, we got the Pacers are taking on Kiki Vandaway and the Denver Nuggets tonight. Pre-game coverage at 8.30. We'll talk to you next week.